another hallmark of this podcast is me claiming that uh, another artist is Indian. But Sean Paul, we all know you're Indian, bro. Just come out and say it. We accept you. Let us come embrace you. All right, Chandra Paul, just, just come to us. Come to us. We're ready. We're ready. I got bad habits, but I still got good intentions. This shit don't know about cause I don't take no credit. Stay on my mission till the day my time is finished. Get my bros, my publishing, I don't care about my percentage. I'm Rishi Rajagopalan. I'm Ashwin Ramesh. I'm Arvin Krishnamurthy. And this is episode two of Unwrap. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the new NAV album, Good Intentions, as well as the deluxe Brown Boy 2, and get into it. You know, what we thought about the album, the Brown Boy's back, how did we feel, and have a little NAV career talk, and sort of how he's perceived in the industry, things like that afterwards. Right on. Good Intentions, a little background on it. It's 18 songs, 49 minutes in length. He released it on May 8th, so a little over a week ago at this point. So the album went number one, uh, just like his past album, Bad Habits, uh, but this time huge bump in sales, 135,000 first week sales. So beat out the second best Kalani, you know, beat out Lil Durk, beat out Drake's week two sales. Bad Habits, his last album also went one, but only with 82K. Brown Boy 2, the deluxe edition of the album with 14 additional tracks, that was 38 minutes long. So for a total of an hour and 27 minutes, 32 tracks, a lot of nav. And Ooh. that was released. Uh, that was released May eleventh, uh, so just a few days after the initial release. So we're gonna go through, you know, best song, best lines, feature, things like that. And so through that, we'll we'll talk about some of the songs we like because obviously, thirty two songs is a little much for for the podcast yeah. to go through track by track. Yeah, thirty two songs is a little much for Nav to put on the album as well. <laughs> Not yeah. just for us to go no through. Thirty two songs was too a lot in every sense of the word. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely this podcast yeah. will be probably half the length that the deluxe album was so that's what we're going for here it's unfortunate you know a lot of the fans were telling me they wanted a, a four to five hour breakdown of every single nav track on this album but i had to let them know you know we're just we're busy people busy lives unfortunately we can't give the people what they want yeah we will be dropping a, a brown boy deluxe podcast episode where we do dive <laughs> into every track uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll bring us to to the first uh superlative which was was best song but before i i kind of say what my best song was i i want to give nav an important shout out which is uh j cole went platinum with no no features and nav went platinum twice with only features and that's worthy of some recognition uh so so <laughs> the for, slander for, started early it began yeah, this, early this is already going to be a contentious episode i can tell <laughs> also uh so in in columbus there's a tornado warning in effect and i can feel the winds picking up so if my screen cuts out or you see like a tree come through the window and take me out uh that's what's going on so hopefully we can make it through the recording if you see a tree come and take me out it's because nav sent somebody because he's pissed at how at my thoughts on the album <laughs> if you see cash pop up behind yeah, Arvin and knock him out <laughs> that's true cash does everything so uh okay but anyway best song best song for me uh best song was uh run it up featuring pop smoke rest in peace pop smoke i i thought that this had one of my favorite lines on the project where he he talked about opening the fridge but not looking for sunny d only looking for only looking for his lean which to me i mean purple stuff we'll, we'll get into it more but it's just hilarious the idea that that the two versions of Nav are Sunny D Nav and Lean Nav. Like, those are the only two versions of Nav that exist. And that's the kind of mood he's in. Uh, but the 
the beat was nice. Uh, it was. I thought it was the the song on here where Nav wrote the beat the best out of every every song. I thought Pop Smoke sounded a lot like Feature or like Future. Sorry, and I think the the production was perfect for for the kind of rapping he put out there. Usually, Nav's triplet flow can get a little bit stale at times, but on this on this track, it it fit really well. And so for me, it was the standout of of the album. Yeah, I mean, the, the Sunny D thing is funny on two levels because I also don't know anybody above elementary school yeah. age that still drinks Sunny D. Does Sunny D still yeah. exist? I didn't even know Sunny you could D get it. Sunny D still exists, but I don't think the human stomach above a certain age is capable of, of properly digesting Sunny D. I think it's just double digits. Once you cross double digits, it's it's over for Sunny D. You move on to like <laughs> Tropicana, you know, something. Or just, yeah, just yeah, drink just orange normal. juice. It's like orange yeah. juice, but they're like, get rid of any real fruit. We only want the fructose corn syrup. <laughs> my favorite track was saint laurent i mean just the way the chorus sounded it was my favorite chorus on the album it kind of like reminded me of uh the mockingbird song where it's like daddy's gonna buy you a mockingbird but like (laughs) if that mockingbird don't sing daddy's gonna buy you a diamond ring i felt like he was doing a similar like uh rhythm to it but it obviously sounded way better and uh, the beat is is my favorite. And he changes up his flows a couple times, which, I mean, Arvind already kind of said it, but I feel like his flows got a little repetitive on this album. Oh, yeah. So he at least switched it up a couple times within this track. And, I mean, this is going to pop up a lot for me as far as my favorites on the album because all around, I think St. Laurent was, was my favorite song. Facts. Did you, so you're saying that you think his flow on St. Laurent is is better than Eminem's flow on Mockingbird? Yeah, that's- complete cap that's i mean that's super cap y'all are wild i'm talking about the original mockingbird like nursery rhyme the fact that you went to m&m is crazy (laughs) bro that's what you were talking about daddy's gonna buy you a mockingbird i'm I'm going straight to marshall mathers yeah yeah. okay well y'all didn't have a childhood we're talking about actual nursery (laughs) m&m is actually wild can we pour one out for nav because he just got compared his his reference for his quality was was a mockingbird children's like lullaby Listen, that is bro, not, I'm not a good sign it. for him that's not I'm a not good mad sign at it. okay <laughs> uh, nav makes music for everybody bro it's for the kids dog Come he's on for the kids he's for the kids uh it's interesting you say that because saint laurent was his favorite track yeah, as well. yeah he said that in an interview um i like the distortion on it it reminded he said it was like kind of an old nav type of joint and it reminded me of like you know the end of myself where the distortion kind of comes in or like some songs on perfect timing he has that distortion as well that slow reverb uh kind of action for me, my favorite song was Recap, the Don Tolliver joint. Um, I just thought the beat was fire. Uh, and I thought that, you know, Nav also switched up his flow a little bit. He was getting a little melodic on that. Don Tolliver bodied the feature. So that was my favorite joint on there. But for me, at least, there were no real, like, standout bangers on this project. The way I felt with certain Nav projects in the past, like, you look at Bad Habits, Price on My Head. Like, first listen, I was, you know, I thought that was hot. Tap, um, tap you know, was like tap. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, with Reckless, you got like Champion with Travis Scott, um, you know, obviously like Up, uh, you know, myself, some of those early cuts as well. Like first listen, you know, they, they kind of got me hooked. Whereas on this project, nothing really like stood out and like grasped me right away. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. No love for Turks. Dude, I was not a fan of Turks, yeah, to be honest. I was kind of disappointed with that single. It was it's his highest charting single and like a lot of people fucked with it, but not me personally. Yeah, because I, I like Turks a lot. I, I felt like that was probably my runner-up uh, if I didn't pick St. Laurent. Because, I mean, the features on that were crazy. 
Gunna, I think his kind of chemistry with Nav on beats is is incredible. And then Travis Scott, you can't really go wrong with a with a Travis Scott feature. But yeah, that's interesting to me. Uh, you didn't like Turks either, Arvin? No, I mean I think there are there are verses that stand out, but overall it. I, I mean, almost every track on there, I, I wasn't a fan of. I thought the story of Turks was cool. Shout out to Nav's favorite person, Cash, who convinced him to go on a vacation with uh, Gunna. And then I guess they that's where they made this in the Turks and, and they got Travis Scott to hop on. But to me, it was kind of a waste of Travis Scott. I thought it was not a good Travis Scott verse. And the only good thing was at least Travis Scott stepped out of the vocal register of two notes that Nav was in for the entire song. <laughs> We're going to let Arvin pick the next album that we review. Because I feel like we've had two albums in a row that Arvin's just like, yeah. So, like every song, I didn't like this song. <laughs> I, pick, I pick the favorite song. I, I think there are some really good verses on, on the project. I just don't think... Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get into it more. So, so we know that Arvin is the Skip Bayless of this operation. Oh, yeah. Arvin oh, is absolutely no. Skip Bayless. Big Skip energy. Big angry old man energy. <laughs> <laughs> our, our rock and skip bayless fits on the daily for sure that's true our will skip. pull up with the like nike tracksuit with the collared shirt <laughs> the jordan 12s man knows fashion what can i say uh all right let's get into bars let's get into bars so best lines best bars favorite bars on the album for me i mean you know we're three brown boys i i like nav doesn't uh, do brown bars super often but my favorite bar on the album you know i stay with cheese my pocket stuff with garlic nons yeah i mean listen it's a classic garlic non the goat non flavor and no doubt i believe that nav also has his pockets stuffed with garlic nons because i too if i had millions of dollars i too would have my pockets stuffed with garlic nons on the day the wordplay too is nice you know the he got bread cheese, in his pocket bread. you know he making yeah yeah i liked it it was probably my favorite line i mean my number two I think this is a theme that I'm starting to realize is my favorite parts of the album were when Nav rapped about food. Because I liked when he said extra blue cheese and extra guac. I'm part of the money-making committee. So I think <laughs> if, if I have a proposal for Nav, which is become the new Action Bronson. That's what I'm saying. Become the yeah. brown Action Bronson. Nav needs like a Bon Appetit crossover. I would love that, yeah. Like another food, food bar that I liked was uh, I don't eat steak, but I'm ready for beef. Yeah. You know, another a little... You know, Punjabi boy, no beef bar. Yeah, I respect that. That that. I also enjoyed. Best bars to me, I mean, obviously, like, there was no, like, real, like, lyrical depth or, like, advanced wordplay. I thought, like, as a song, the song Brown Boy uh, had maybe not any, like, notable, like, individual lines, but I thought it was just cool that he switched up the theme a little bit, you know, talking from his hater's perspective, kind of like in the style of, like, No Heart by 21. Or Eminem Stan. The Eminem connections continue. Yeah wow um but i would say if i had to pick an individual bar it's outside of the garlic non bar i think mine was uh, on the song overdose he says bitches love us so much my assistant getting laid diamonds need a psychologist they going insane so that's just i mean <laughs> i i love that I, any any that's diamond fair. bars where you where you take it to this a next level of uh of simile comparison i'm i'm all for it i'll eat it up like garlic non so it was a very much a 2011 Childish Gambino 1.9 pitchfork kind of pun, I felt like. <laughs> My diamond's going insane. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> Bro, no, nah, I feel like that's a that's like a thug type of bar. Like, thug be, like, dropping crazy bars like that. Like with, yeah. You know. No, he does. He does. I agree. That's true. It didn't have anything to do with Asian girls, so it's not a, a circa 2014 <laughs> Gambino bar. Best features on the project. For me, I thought two kind of stood out. 
um, thug on no debate. I just love the way that Navahim traded flows. Um, and, you know, I'm a sucker for anything uh, Young Thug related. So I thought he really spazzed on that one. And then, like I said earlier, Don Tolliver on recap. I mean, he's got a great voice. I think he puts it to great use on a on a pretty fire instrumental. So those two really stood out to me. But, I mean, all in all, all the features were pretty solid. But those two, I think, were, were standouts, in my opinion. Those were the two I picked also. I, I think Thug on No Debate is like, you know, Thug at his best. I think Nav gets a lot of good features. I liked almost all the features on this album. And then my second was also also Don Tolliver. I mean, I think that melodic kind of hook. I don't think Don Tolliver has a verse on here, does he? I think he just sings the hook. No, I think he has a verse. Maybe there is the a first verse. verse on there. But I think that like melodic kind of voice Nav bounces off of really well. And then he can find that melody and then riff off of it in himself. I think he's... He's underrated when it comes to melodies. I think Nav can really play off of No, he things. makes catchy agreed, really agreed. well. That's yeah. why him and Gunna and, like play off each other well. Him and Uzi, him and Don Tolliver. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I haven't listened to Don Tolliver much, but I know he put out an album semi-recently in the past month or two. So I, yeah. I got to yeah. check that out now. I, I really enjoyed Heaven that, or hell. that feature. Yeah, for me, the I, I kind of differed. I My favorite ver, uh, feature by far was was future on on my business i mean pop smoke was probably second for me but i, I didn't love i thought he he didn't use thug super well i mean and i mean him and gonna have have a good good chemistry but i i just don't like gonna that much as part of it futures ad libs were absolutely hilarious on my business where he was just like money go brr, brr, and he just kept making these, <laughs> we did, he did it for like five lines in a row i was literally laughing uh and then the other thing is there were so many signature future moments where he like one of them was he rhymed feds with brick. And it's like there's no I'm like there's no way a single a, a human could find a way to make those two ending sounds, those ending syllables match. Future somehow does it. I can't even replicate it. I practiced beforehand to try. I can't replicate it. Fu- I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Only Smino can work a slant yeah, rhyme. Yeah, like, it's like what is this? Like but that. it worked. And I thought I thought he he absolutely killed that verse it's a long feature verse too it's like 18 20 bars shout out future by the way pluto just dropped a classic so besby in production i mean i hinted at this earlier but saint laurent obviously my pick there's only a couple producers that are all over this album Uh, it's mainly pro logic and money music but there's this group called wallace lane it's two brown dudes and they were on saint laurent uh, she hurting in the intro and those are a lot of the slower uh, more deeper r&b type type of of beats that you could see like a bryson tiller on they did drake uh, is there more off of scorpion they work with her and party next door part of the, what's fun about this podcast is that i'm just seeing how easy i am to get you put mm-hmm. out like a party next door type beat and just do like a simple melody over it and i'm like yo this is the greatest song on the album it's just very easy <laughs> to get me but I, I really like this song. And the sample, I was trying to look up what the sample was because I couldn't find it documented anywhere. That loop that they have going that's, yeah. that's kind of chopped up and slowed down. But I think it's Sean Paul. I think it's it's the the give me the D's and we be clubbing, y'all. I think it's that it's that song just slowed down a lot. And I mean, that's, that's a classic Brown Boy collab. Another hallmark of this podcast is me claiming that uh, another artist is Indian. But Sean Paul... We all know you're Indian, bro. Just come out and say it. We accept you. Let us come embrace you. All right, Chandra Paul, just, just come to us. Come to us. We're ready. We're ready. 
production wise, I mean, I already shouted out recap. I think that's, in my opinion, there was the beat that I just clicked with the most instantly. Like, I really like the melody on there. Um, but I really like the Good Intentions intro. I really like the beat on that. It reminded me actually a lot of two different songs. It reminded me a lot of uh, Peso, but just sped up a little bit. The beat on Peso, ASAP Rocky, um, early ASAP cut. And it reminded me a lot of the song Alcantara by Belly featuring Pusha T off of his uh, mm-hmm. mixtape Mumble Rap a couple years ago. If y'all go back and listen to that, the the melody of like the keys or whatever, the synths um, that are in both beats sound very similar. So This was also the, the track I put for best production. I thought, especially because I think the production gets a little more time to shine because it's just, it's less of a, at least to me, felt like less of a bar heavy track next we're talking worse and we're talking worse song worse and mm-hmm. worse and i think there were uh there was some there's some competition i'd say this was a competitive cat you know a photo finish everybody sticking their noses out to try and cross the the finish line uh, all just, of brown boy 2 just yeah, racing really? for the <laughs> it was basically uh yeah um, Usain Bolt in his prime against Asafa Powell. And- <laughs> right, right. And everybody was taking HGH, steroids, whatever. Okay, they didn't even test for all those things. Okay, it was that kind of competition. Brown Boy 2 was just 14 Justin Gatlins, bro. 14, yeah, Justin Gatlins. They're just thinking themselves with HGH while they're running, man. That's that's Justin how competitive Gatlin. this category was. What a, what a deep. Yeah, that's man. a deep cut, man. Justin I never Gatlin. knew a Justin Gatlin USA track <laughs> reference was coming up on this pod, but we're breaking down barriers. Yo, Olympics, track and field fans, tune in to Unwrap. We're Facts. breaking it all down. <laughs> so, but for me, the Usain Bolt of this was "Did You Wrong." It stood out for all the wrong reasons. Uh, it felt like he he ghost wrote a song for Drake or something. There was like a really weird outro. I think it was like a piano mixed with a harpsichord or something. Some strange <laughs> instrumentation, and it, it it sounded like I'm not even kidding. It sounded like he sampled like Seinfeld. Like the Seinfeld music mixed with like maybe one of those other like corny '90s sitcoms, like uh, the one with Urkel or something. I forget the name of it. Family Matters. Family yeah. Matters. It sounded like a mix of like sampling Family Matters and and Seinfeld for the outro of the track. So for me, that that ran away with the in a, in a photo finish. It ended up winning. Yeah, I actually liked. I kind of liked Did You Wrong. I think that was also one of the few tracks where it, like he switched up his flows a little bit. Like, there's, there's that part where he's saying, like, girl, I need one more chance. Got a lot of bitches around me I can't stand. And I was like, this is, I was so starved for a nav flow switch up that at that point I was just like, yo, go. Like, I love this song, whatever. In like, finally desert, he changed something. Yeah, you were in the desert looking at a mirage, like, hoping <laughs> there's water, I'm telling you. So my worst song is predictably off the, the Brown Boy 2 side. Uh, I thought Two-Face was just an awful song. Nav usually doesn't miss on like a simple melody, but is like only got a few people I few people I can trust. Like it just wasn't working for me. <laughs> and I think I I didn't like the fact that I didn't like this song because lyrically I thought this was a rich text. I interpreted the song as Nav just dutifully going by social distancing guidelines and his girl just isn't. And I think that's very <laughs> apparent in in the chorus where he's saying, you know. You can't take care of me. Listen to me carefully. Take everything seriously. He's just clearly talking about the stay home orders. 
shut your mouth, control your tongue, you know, this respiratory illness that he's just saying, hey, like, don't, you know, don't be coughing around me. Don't open your mouth around me because you could transmit COVID-19. And then, you know, used to go out, but now you barely see me in the club. You know, everywhere I go, I keep a torch with me. He's clearly disinfecting surfaces that he touches and could possibly be transmitting COVID. So, you know, I just thought this this whole song was was clearly a quarantine anthem. And the fact that it just, you know, the flow, the melody, it was just all just so boring and missing at every turn. I just I just couldn't stand the song. That's really important in today's society for uh, a major artist like him to to be brave and step up, uh, you know, and not just sing Imagine. Exactly. They, I talked to Gal Gadot and they really tried hard to get Nav on the Imagine video, but he just he didn't heard, do it. I heard. You know. Worst track for me, uh, to be honest, I couldn't choose one. There was a, there was a whole lot of mid on that Brown Boy <laughs> 2 project. Um, it was tough to choose. At times, uh, not just with, with the deluxe, but even with the, the, the album, at times it, it just felt like one never-ending song. Yep. There were, you know, multiple cuts that I definitely did vibe with and, you know, that I'll be playing. But um, I, there is too many, too too much mid to sort through, uh, to choose one specific one. So I'm going to just take your guys' word for it. Um, yeah. Especially Rishi's, I feel that. I, I Two-Face, I do remember that distinctly. If you've ever been in a car with somebody who's a really bad driver, the entire trip feels like one slow but long turn. And that's how I felt about the album, where it was like, the entire album felt like one slow, long song. And I was like, what? I was like, what song are we? I'm like, I'm on track 12. I couldn't even tell you where the track ended or started. And it's funny because like, I mean, I know interviewers kind of got to gas them up a little bit. But in the interviews, they'd be like, Nat, it's amazing how well you transitioned from one song to the other. It was, um, the beats were like seamless. And then the funny thing is like, Nav, that Maybe that was one thing he could have taken credit for, but he was like, no, it was completely an accident. That's like what he would say in like <laughs> the interview. So yeah, that I, I that I completely I completely feel it, Yishuan. Worst lines. We talked about the worst songs. Now let's talk about the worst bars. For me, I mean these these kind of go hand in hand, but on Run It Up, he has a bar where he says, I'ma fuck the game up when I drop bag, referring to the 14th track on Brown Boy 2 bag. And the the outro, like the last track on that song, and Bag is a terrible song. Terrible. And I, I read up on Bag is so bad. And he he's been sitting on Bag for four years. I I read that he first previewed it in 2016, like on a snippet. And so he's been talking about Bag, and I don't know why he held on to the song for so long, and is so confident in releasing it now. Like the rhymes are bad, the flow is repetitive. He doesn't even have good wordplay on Bag. Like I was thinking of other songs where, you know, like Off Chance's early early mixtape where he takes off and flips it a bunch of times. Yeah. And he didn't have good flips on Bag. He had two meanings for Bag, which was just money and then designer bags, designer bags. Money and bags. And it, it was just not it wasn't creative at all. So I when on Run It Up when he was like, I'm gonna fuck the game up when I drop bag, I was like, <laughs> actually Nav, I just heard bag and that shit was trash. You so were... no, you didn't fuck the game up. Rishi, you missed the one wordplay he did have, which was he kept doing wordplay on cash, meaning two things. <laughs> one being his manager and one being actual cash. That's the only wordplay buddy this man cash, is bro. capable of doing. For me, my my least favorite bar was probably uh, off a of good intentions intro. Where he says, "If I come inside, she got a king inside her belly." Oh, uh, God, 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is, but whenever, uh, like, he has some of these just really, like, in poor taste bars at times. Like, um, for example, on the song Rockstar by Lil' Keed, which is a fire song, by the way, but he says, um, when I hit the gas, my engine fart, uh, which is, you know, <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear that. Um, even later uh, on the then, intro, he says, he says, said she want me to nut inside her, I pull out and I splash. That's yeah, not a visual no, any had, of us want, he had bro. so many of those lines where I was like, nah. Yeah, uh, just, it's just like odd, you know, because like it, it's not, there's nothing wrong with having sexually charged bars at all. You know, it's common in rap. And I mean, there are some times where he has them in his songs and it's totally fine. But some of them are, you know, a king inside her belly is just, it's just weird to me. Uh, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> If I can, though, I would like to put a worst lack of bar, um, which is, you know, he talks about the brown boy a ton, but never makes a Justin Trudeau being a brown boy reference. I was very disappointed. Um, You know, just because, I mean, if you're going to rep the brand at least and you're from Canada, you know, that would that would have just been an excellent wordplay to get all all brown people on your side. Like if he drops a Trudeau bar in this project. The rating goes up like three notches, at least for me. I agree. That's true. uh, Here on the Unwrap podcast, we are intersectional in our brownness. (laughs) So, so for me, there were two lines that qualified as, as a tie for worst line. One was on No Ice, where he says, I won't rob nobody. I believe in karma. And then I think maybe like three bars later, he says, we slide in late at night, see a five pack, we take in at least four lives. So I'm like, wait, hold on. The man, he won't rob anybody because he believes in karma, but he's fine with killing four people. <laughs> Okay, so that one I was just like, Nav, come on. Could, could one person read over this and just tell you about the internal contradiction? But then the second one was on Did You Wrong, which because I think he thought this was wordplay, but it, it just it didn't work where he said, I think about you all the time, girl. I miss your touch, but you say you don't feel me. I got mob ties everywhere. I can't be touched. And I was like, what are you? I don't even... No, no, I kind of, I kind of rock with that though. Well, no, because Nav's quarantining. He misses her touch. He's not able to yeah. see her oh, face I to face. He's keeping a six foot exactly. distance. Rishi did the Straussian Talmudic reading of the text to, to unearth the true meaning. I, I mean, wasn't, on, Arvind. Arvind. I wasn't smart enough to be able to 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 figure it out. Arvin's surface level reading. He's on a sixth That's grade true. reading level still. So you got Arvin's going out. to a coronavirus protest later. So I I saw yeah. him burning masks in his, in his front yard earlier. Yeah. As you can tell, he's really he he's he's the one holding the placard saying we want haircuts. That's that's his. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I probably should be. Okay. I want to I'm clarify for for the unwrapped fandom. This is a this is a solo job. All right, your boy did this himself. I did not see a barber. All right, we just need to clarify that the streets have been talking. They're saying Rishi's going to the barber shop. These this is not true. All right, we hold these facts self evident. We hold these facts self evident. <laughs> yeah segueing into funniest bars so this is an interesting kind of category because i feel like funniest bars could either cater to the best bars nav has or the worst bars so one arvin mentioned earlier the going in the fridge i ain't looking for sunny d i just want the purple stuff (laughs) that's i definitely thought that just because you know it's the stark dichotomy of like you know child nav and you know leaned out nav is just hilarious (laughs) to me but uh you know, another take that I, or another one that I thought was on St. Laurent. He says, every day I wear Dior's, what's Jordan's to me? Which I just want to like get this out there. The Dior and just general, like Dior, Chanel, Balenciaga, whatever. The high fashion runners are so ugly, so tacky and played out. Like you're literally paying $800 or whatever 
for like 2004 Skechers looking sneakers. <laughs> but they just have a, a Dior logo or the double C on them. So like all these rappers are wearing them now and it blows my mind. And the fact that he says, I wear Dior's, what's Jordan's to me? When literally any Jordan's, even you get into the teens and the early 20s of some of the Jordan's. I, I take like and they're Jordan ugly. They're not good. over those, those chunky Fila Balenciagas. Those shits are Bro, trash. without a doubt. I mean, honestly, I rock with the 14s, but I'm saying like you go like 16, 17s, and like some of those are a little ugly. I'm not going to lie. Like the big strap joints and nah. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I'm taking those any day of the week over the Dior's. Yeah, Nav absolutely wearing Dior chuppels around the house, bro. <laughs> Yeah, where the no bata? Where the bata love at? Where's the bata love? Where's Come the on, love for bata, man? Come on, staying on the basketball track. Uh, keep a shorty with me, I Parker like Tony. Uh, I just thought, I mean, shouts <laughs> to Tony Parker for for fucking yeah. his teammate's wife. <laughs> it's just like that's a great reference, you know. <laughs> Cheated on Eva Longoria too, bro. Come on, yeah, come on, real. Charlotte Hornets great. Tony Parker, not known for any <laughs> other team. Shouts to Tony Parker, bro. We see you. <laughs> the true the true French king of the NBA. <laughs> Fuck Rudy Gobert. <laughs> All my homies hate Rudy Gobert. For me, it was also the I ain't looking for a sunny D, I just want the purple stuff line. And I think the thing that was really cool is uh, as I was reading up about this line, I learned that this was actually a reference to Robert Frost's poem where he's saying there, there are two roads. You can take the road... Uh, that everyone takes or you can take the road less ta- traveled and nav uh hearkening back to robert frost took the road less traveled the purple stuff he's a scholar i mean i think a lot of people judge nav and just listen to the music on a surface level and then they're like oh nav is trash nav is trash but i think it takes a certain level of iq and you need to be well read you need to have a sharp literary background and yeah. you know a medical mind to understand <laughs> the depths to which nav is actually reaching yeah. with his lyricism on this album that's that's the superlatives so i thought i think we could talk maybe more generally about the album and so i guess sort of two projects as a whole i'll lead off i think the production was all right on this album i thought the features were overall good but i think the people i kept thinking about when i thought about this album were were young thug and future because I think Nav lyrically is not as different from them as we might think. But I think the reason that, that Young Thug and Future are more critic get more critical acclaim, and I think the reason I like them more is because they are able to do something that Nav doesn't do, which is Future and Thug use their voice as an instrument, right? They they have crazy tonal bend, they make really interesting noises and ad libs and, and they ride beats and sometimes they're not even saying words, they're just using noises to to serve as part of the like aesthetic soundscape and the problem with nav where i think he really falls off is if if future and thug just had monotone flow monotone voice and 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 they didn't have much vocal range in the songs that they did i don't think anyone would like them i think that's like kind of part of what makes them stand out and i think on this album nav's flow is the same his tone is the same and and some and then you have to start getting into the lyrical content because I mean, if those things aren't there, I mean, it, you have to start looking at, at what he's putting on wax and, and what he's putting on wax is not not interesting. It felt like everything came down to sort of three categories. I do a lot of drugs. I don't really trust women and I buy a lot of things. That's that was sort of how the album felt to me. So I didn't I didn't like it. There were maybe two or three OK songs, but out of 32, it's not a great hit rate. Uh, so 
for me it was a two out of ten wow for sure for sure um i i like this album a lot when it first came out i mean this was before the deluxe drops so the deluxe i think is terrible i think one of the reasons the deluxe is so bad is because it doesn't really have any features right and so you kind of said this at the top but i think without features nav does have kind of a repetitive basic flows and the production all just kind of melts together and on a project that big when we talk about it just sounding like one hour and a half song that's just unacceptable, right? And so I think the deluxe was all songs that should have been cut. And so I think I'm just gonna pretend that doesn't exist and set it to the side. And when we take the original album, I think a lot of these songs are really good, right? And so when you talk about the features and you have, you can bring, you know, Thug in, you can bring Future in, you can bring Uzi in, and Nav gets a lot of these top level features. And when he can do that, I think he is a hit maker and he's a great song composer. But when he doesn't have that, a lot of the songs just feel unfinished. And I think, like you said, Arvin, he himself can't bring all of the tools to the table when he's by himself on a song. You know, he can write good hooks, but they all kind of sound the same because he doesn't change his vocal tones very much. His, you know, song structure, it's either chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, or verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And there's no change. There's no bridge in any of these songs. There's no change up. So... They just end with no real conclusion and then you're on to the next song and you didn't even realize it. Unless he starts evolving and switching up his flows and doing a little bit more uh, technically and kind of expanding his toolbox as an artist, I still think Nav is going to end up relying on these features way too heavily for people to take him seriously by himself as an artist. So, I mean, I like the album. I would give the album probably around a 7 out of 10, a a 6.5 maybe but i i still think he has a lot a long ways to grow and, and the deluxe was garbage so for me all first listen um i was pretty disappointed uh with the project just because like all jokes aside you know i know you've been making jokes about um you know some of the lack of lyrical depth and you know things like that some of the kind of weird bars that nav has chose to put in but really i have enjoyed his past few projects like nobody i you know I, i'll be the first to admit that he's not some sort of um you know he's, he's not like a real like raw spitter you know he, he doesn't have crazy wordplay he, he can't you know um pull together uh you know a really deep story for me whenever i i i see a new nav album come out right my expectation is not you know to get immersed in some beautiful world or of stories or anything like that but it's it's just that i know i'm going to tune into this and there's going to be some songs that are just vibes they're you know they slap um, you know, or some songs that are maybe a little bit more on the croony R&B side, but they, they hit because he has a great melody on there or, you know, some really nice production. For me, this didn't hit the same way that his past few projects have. If we're just talking about the the album itself, not the deluxe, you know, I'd probably say maybe around a 5 out of 10. But obviously, you know, incorporating the whole thing, including the deluxe, I'd probably say like a 4.5 um, just because, you know, the deluxe I felt was definitely a disappointment. I saw the flashes of old Nav and, you know, potential of different melodies and things that he he does really well, but I just didn't see it come out as much on this project and it felt a little bit more monotonous and monolithic than, you know, some of his older projects, which I would probably hold in a little higher standard. Yeah, um, so I guess kind of going into, you know, a little bit more of a discussion about Nav's artistry. One of his early SoundCloud cuts, The Man, got played on OVO Sound Radio, I think in 2015. Um, and then Myself, which he, you know, is famously, he's, you know, said to, he recorded that song at his mom's house. Um, 
and that song is now platinum and Kylie Jenner played it on her Snapchat and that blew him up again. That kind of story is pretty interesting just because obviously you don't see a lot of brown people in hip hop and you know the Toronto scene has only recently kind of become a big one. One thing that's interesting and it, it even comes up in this album is like there is this big dichotomy between I think the way Nav is viewed by industry movers and like artists and the critics because like I mean his feature mm-hmm. list and who he gets features with like who who asked him to come on a track is I mean basically like the the biggest names right like and you see it yeah. on this album but I, I think the critics don't like him and a good example is I thought this was really funny but it's also sort of telling is like he's had this long beef with DJ academics and one part of it that's really funny is he actually gave uh, academics a, a writing credit on Brown Solid. Boy 2 uh, because he, the, that song is written from the perspective of his haters and DJ Academics is probably the most, his most known hater. But the thing that's interesting is like as, as part of that beef, he's kind of – Nav, I think at some point even said that he thought, him, thought of himself more as a producer than an artist. And I think that's kind of where I see him uh, personally because I think he can produce well. Like I actually thought the tracks he produced on this album were good. And I think he can make melodies like with the best of them and hooks with the best of them. But I don't know if he has sort of the substantive, like the chops to like hold up an album on his own. And that makes it hard. And so, but it still doesn't really explain. And to me, that's the explanation I've understood as why the industry, like the critics in the industry don't mess with him, but the artists do. Because artists are like, oh, this dude's cool. Like I like his hooks. He can come on my track and put a sick melody down. And the critics are like, well, his album, there's so much filler. It's overall not that good. But I don't know. I think there might be more there. And I think, in fact, Nav himself kind of brings up his his race and his background a lot uh, as an explanation for why he thinks the critics and sometimes fans are less positive on him. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a question of culture being a monolith, right? It's like we South Asians are not a monolith. Even the three of us come from very different places but also very similar places our families come from the same area and we just happen to touch down in three different places in america and our stories have been different because of that right so when you get to to brown rappers i mean there's there's guys like nav there's guys like anik khan who i'm a big fan of who's uh dude from queens and he takes a lot of you know south asian elements and mixes that into into hip-hop whether he's taking samples or you know, the way he forms his melodies and things like that. And so just these art is always evolving, right? And I think people still view South Asians as a monolith. And so whatever your judgments are on the racial group as a whole, a lot of people are going to lump every artist that they see that comes from that culture into that box, right? But when it comes to us or Nav or guys like an Econ or guys like a Minaj or any of the brown people in entertainment, Mindy Kaling, any of these people, those experiences aren't going to be the same. So I think we just all have to constantly reiterate both to ourselves and to you know people as a whole of just like, you know, every person's story is their own. And the way you find art is always your own journey. And so to just maybe have a little bit more... Uh, pause before you pass judgment on somebody that you don't really know obviously there are others like you said aziz mindy kaling hassan you know in music specifically i mean jay sean um you know j 
Jay Paul, I guess, the drummer from from No Doubt. Uh, yeah, Sean but, Paul. <laughs> yeah, Sean Paul. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think it's a cool thing if just generally if brown people and other people can see that um, that there are brown people making moves in different industries now and have different, um, you know, uh, you know that there there are different faces out there that may not be exactly from your part of you know south asia or they may not you know represent your ideals or your upbringing uh you know to a t but it's just cool to see these different stories start to get out there and i think there's a tangible value to that i mean this dude money music who's who's produced on this album i mean he's a brown dude from toronto and i think i mean this is according to genius so it could be false but he knew nav through like a cousin or something like that coming up and that's what inspired him to start producing and now he's produce on a number one album you know so i think these everybody that we can get is tangibly valuable in that it's another chance for someone else to see oh we can get there oh we can do that yeah i think the representation story is is really powerful especially because when you think about south asian rappers i mean the list is is pretty small and it's also kind of a mixed mixed bag right i mean the people i i think of most are are dos racist who uh I'm I'm a big fan of, but they never really took off in a, a in a very mainstream way. I'd um, never really heard of them, to be honest. Yeah, and then the other one is MIA, but MIA's story is kind of different, uh, and and I don't think she would classify herself as a rapper if no, I was yeah. if I was guessing. Um, but I, I don't know for sure. And the fact that people are really critical of Nav, I think, um. That that doesn't really take the shine away from the fact like this is this is the first like person from the Indian diaspora to like have a number one set like number one selling rap album. You know, that's that's pretty crazy. And that's an unbelievable achievement. Yeah, I agree. All right. So that's about it. That's the end of the episode. My name is Rishi Raja Gopalan. You can catch me at Rishi Raja on Twitter. R-I-S-H-I-R-A-J-A-H. I'm Ashwin Ramesh. You can catch me on Twitter, Ashwin Ramesh, at Ashwin Ramesh 99. My name's Arvind Krishnamurthy. You can catch me at Google Scholar. What's up? <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. We'll see you guys next time. Pull up on me, baby girl, I need a reminder. Anytime you fuck with me.